0: What is going on everybody? I didn't do the best transition there as far as going from the from the fight song to the Christmas music, but hey, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. We're gonna get this stuff to you. Glad to have you guys here at this dog talk with your host Holden. Hope everybody's had a very Merry Christmas and glad to have you guys here again. I know I just said it off the top and I said it again, but hey, I've learned that I'm pretty repetitive when I start this thing. But anyways, we got a lot to get to. This is the preview pod for the Michigan game. Coming up the Orange Bowl, semifinal game in the college football playoff this year. Uh, Looking forward to getting this thing to you guys. I know I'm getting it to you very, very early this year or this week. But, again, I'll be out of town next week. So I wanted to get the preview pod to you guys uh, well in in advance. Um, There is a lot. We still got to make it through an entire week. uh, And COVID right now is the biggest thing, I I guess, kind of in the way. In the way of what we got going on. So, With that being said, again, a lot going on. We're going to try to get through it. Um, Hopefully we can make it through this week without any issues. But, again, we'll jump to some of that here in a minute as far as what we know uh, since, I guess, the day before Christmas. Nothing really coming out so far today. But down to the nitty-gritty on Twitter, at DogTalk20. Make sure you guys follow us there. Rate and review there on Apple Podcasts. Would appreciate that youtube make sure you guys subscribe to the youtube channel when we do get another episode back up and running we will make sure that we get that out to you guys if y'all hit the bell you'll get the notification when we do also last but not least make sure you guys check out the website as well dogtalkpod.com spelled the way it's supposed to be d-a-w-g talkpod.com would appreciate that also last but not least i guess make sure you uh If you guys want to support the show, you can. I always leave the link in the bottom of the description down there. Make sure you go and click that, and it will allow you to support the show if you guys want to. I would appreciate that. Again, this is the Michigan Preview, college football playoff, semifinal game, Orange Bowl. Let's jump into it. First and foremost, we're going to talk about some stuff before the Georgia side of things, and it all has to do with COVID issues because it's reared its head. I think we talked some about it last week when we did talk a little bit, but... We're going to dive deeper into it now uh, because there have been multiple bowls, multiple bowls as of today that have been canceled. Some that were canceled just hours before they were set to be played. Uh, And here are the ones. We know off the top was the Gator Bowl with Texas A&M and Wake Forest. That one was canceled, but luckily it was early enough uh, that they were actually able to find a replacement. And Rutgers is going to play Wake Forest. That is the replacement game for the Gator Bowl. So that one will still be on, uh, but some of these other ones like I think it's the Military Bowl. That one got canceled just, I think, 22 hours before, uh, like I was saying, just hours before kickoff. So not really going to be able to find a replacement in that one, and that was between Boston College and ECU. That one was set to actually be played today, actually Monday, excuse me, uh, when that time comes. Uh, then you got the Fenway Bowl. It was also canceled. That would be between Virginia and SMU on Wednesday this upcoming week. And then you had the easy post-Hawaii Bowl between Hawaii and Memphis. That one got canceled, set to be played Friday. So a lot of cancellations going around because of this, which really stinks. But, you know, we've we've made it through the entire season without this really rearing its head. And, and here at the end of the season, unfortunately, it is. Uh, and I know we talked somewhat about it last week, but that's – this is gonna be, this is gonna be interesting, uh, as as we like to say, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens as we move forward throughout the rest of this week. We've got to make it through an entire week uh, of hopefully none of this starting to pop up more than it already has, um, so we can play these games. Because they did come out, the committee came out and said that hey, uh, if if a game has to be canceled or forfeited, in a, essentially, then the team who essentially calls the forfeit falls and and is considered a loss, and the team who didn't. So, say in this situation, if Georgia was for whatever reason to have to drop out of playing Michigan, uh, then it's considered a forfeit, and Michigan is allowed to move on to the national championship because of that, simply because of that. Same thing if Memphis had it happen, Alabama, Cincinnati, it doesn't matter any of these, but the strange thing is the bowl games, if a team comes up and it's not early enough, uh, which at this point I don't think I think pretty much from this point moving forward there's not enough time unless maybe LSU, if something happened with LSU because they play the week after New Year's um, next Tuesday. So they have a little bit of time, I guess. But as far as all these other teams, there's not enough time to get a replacement in there. So that's it. That's it. that just cancels the bowl game altogether for them. But for the college football playoff, if a team cannot play, then they respect a the team that they're going to play will move forward to play in the national championship and check this out if a team could not play in the national championship game it's not going to be rescheduled either the other team would just be considered national champions by forfeit and that is that that's a wild thing to me that's a very wild thing and i'm very surprised that that's something that can happen and there is even the such thing as this right here and i was reading this earlier which kind of blew my mind let's just say alabama michigan and georgia all three this week god forbid this week came down and were not able to play in their bowl games well because georgia and michigan play and both of them forfeit well they both just technically that that ends up just canceled and then if alabama couldn't play that moves cincinnati to uh the national championship and by forfeit that would be a national championship win for cincinnati isn't that crazy Now diving into the latest as far as it goes with Georgia players. You know, the latest that we read uh, was that JT Daniels, JT Daniels being the only one so far kind of dealing with this. um, I think there may have been a couple other guys also, but JT Daniels being one of the main guys uh, that has had to deal with this. And that as of Tuesday last, this past week, um, tested positive. Also then behind him was George Pickens who tested positive, but then also went in and did another test uh, that came back false so they believe that the first one was actually a false positive Um, so he is actually negative and has been without symptoms as well luckily JT so far the only guy in the quarterback room uh, to have that positive I think there was another uh, quarterback they were talking about that may or may not have had it but it wasn't Stetson wasn't Carson Beck wasn't Brock Vandegrift none of that so JT Daniels right now is the sole source I have not read at this point, uh, okay, so here we go. And this is this is all from uh, Dogs Daily. So sources indicated uh, that Daniels, the backup quarterback, tested positive. He's not expected to travel with the team for the bowl game. Uh, so the control of the potential spread along with the vaccination rates and proper contact tracing measures limited the level of exposure within the building. So that's a good thing. That's a really good thing, the fact that JT Daniels being the only guy who is actually dealing with this issue uh, it does suck for him, and it does. It's it's not necessarily a fun thing for Georgia either, because uh, Stetson being your starter, if we get in a little bit of trouble, you know, uh, and and you needed to rely on somebody else, you do not have J T Daniels there to rely on. Now, I don't know if the opportunity arises, because I, if I remember correctly, Georgia still will practice some this week, uh, leading up to the game, uh, even though they're going to be in Orlando uh, at the time. Um, so in the in the game in or- uh, Miami, why am I thinking Orlando? Uh, anyways, so in Miami this week, they'll still be practicing, kind of getting prepared. So I would assume since JT is not traveling with the team to limit that exposure, that means that even if he was able to join rejoin the team due to the amount of days, I guess, that had to pass. And I believe if you're vaccinated, it's 10 days. So if that was Tuesday last week, 10 days from that point, I don't know, that's kind of pushing it. It's kind of pushing it. I think that puts you on Friday really before you could come back and and at that point that's that's if you're not practicing with the team the week of you know that unfortunate it's it's unfortunate for him it really is and I know he's probably been battling a lot of stuff. I know he battled it last year talking about how dark it was, kind of being in that backup position uh, before he was finally able to get in the position he was to start this season. At the end of the last season, being the starter um, and then he's kind of back in that place as far I, I don't know as far as the darkness that he was that he was dealing with. Uh, so don't quote me on that, but you know, that's, that's something that I'm sure can kind of creep back up in your mind, um, and, and obviously I'm sure that he's heard the noise uh, that, you know, a lot of people called for him to be the quarterback after everything that happened with Stetson in the Alabama game. Why didn't we see him? Was there the possibility that he was the starter coming into this Michigan game? I don't know, uh, but right now, unfortunately, it looks like we do not get to lean on that possibility for this. now. Moving forward, obviously, if everybody can stay healthy after that, you have to beat Michigan for any of this to matter, but the possibility of having him available for a national championship game, that does help. Um, But as of for the Orange Bowl and playing Michigan in the college football semifinal, does not look very promising right now, which is unfortunate uh, for JT. But we will keep you up to date on the latest as far as that goes. Y'all pay attention to the Twitter at DogTalk20 to see if anything else comes up on that. We'll try to keep up with that as everything continues to progress. Because again, we've got a whole week that we've got to make it through this week to get to the game before that happens. And it makes me a little nervous because at this point, once you kind of get together and everybody is together in Miami for these few days leading up to the game, the end of this week, that's where I start to get a little bit nervous just because that is where you know, things can get shaky. If a guy does get it, well, guess what? He's been around everybody at that point um, in close contact and, and things. So we'll keep our eyes out. We'll keep our ears peeled. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here moving forward this week. So hopefully we can make it to the end of the week to this game and and, and hopefully be COVID-free uh, and and able to play and move forward through it. So now let's kind of get down into some of the injury front. The latest I saw was Lab McConkey is battling a little bit of a issue as far as injury i did not see what it is he's dealing with or battling but he is the biggest name i've seen so come up so far i know jamar salyer in the past has been battling an injury uh trying to get him back especially after that sec championship game um so but I, the latest i've heard he's been able to practice a lot of these guys have been able to go and practice george pickens continuing to get better not quite 100 yet but continuing to get better but so far all i've seen is lad is battling a little bit of an injury issue so that will be something as well to keep an eye on moving forward as we get ready again for Michigan uh, on the 31st this Friday. Coming up, 7.30 ESPN. Let's get into some of the breakdown of the game uh, that we've got coming up preview on this one. Uh, Georgia opening up as a a 7.5 point favorite. This is as of the day after Christmas, so 7.5 point favorite. The over-under on this 45.5. Don't know where you get it locked in when the time comes. This number's kind of fluctuated a little bit. I think I've seen it as low as six. And it's high, I think seven and a half is about the highest I've seen it. I don't think I've seen it at eight anywhere. But, but really kind of sticking around that seven-point margin uh, in favor of Georgia. Again, that over-under 45, I, I still kind of feel like this could be a low-scoring game, you know, a 24-21 kind of, kind of battle. And we'll see. Uh, a lot of it depends on a lot of factors. And this is what I talked about somewhat last week. If Georgia shows up the way they did against Alabama, This might be a very tight game and and you could lose to Michigan. If Georgia shows up the way it has all season long and plays like that, Georgia stands a very good chance to win this game. Now, if Michigan shows up like it has uh, in some of these games as well, like Michigan shows up the way it did against Michigan State, it's not going to be good for Michigan. If they show up the way they did against Ohio State and Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, they're going to be okay. now. The fun one would be if Georgia shows up the way it has all season long and Michigan shows up the way it did against Ohio State and against Iowa. That 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 is the kind of matchup you want to see and you look forward to because that could be a huge game. You could see a game then go like 37-34, 37-31, something like that, a, a pretty tight matchup, a little bit of a higher scoring game uh, if that comes down to it. But if it comes down to defense, having to stop each other back and forth, you know, like I said, that one might stay under that 45-and-a-half. So uh, we'll talk about that. Later on, when we kind of get down to the prediction side, which I need to make sure uh, that I put up because I have not. I had not put that up as far as Twitter or anything like that goes yet. So I need to make sure that I do that. I need to make sure I do that here at the end of the episode, which I will do. Now, let's get into the breakdowns of the team comparisons. Right now, Stetson Bennett actually leads the category in a couple of things here with the passing against Caden McNamara. Stetson, 148, 231. That's the completion to percentage uh, or the completion to attempts. Numbers uh, 2,325 yards on the season, 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Cade McNamara, 199 to 308, and his his yardage is a little better at two, 2,470 yards, but only 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. So Stetson Bennett does actually have more touchdowns, but he also has more interceptions on the season. Cade McNamara, less interceptions, more yardage uh, through it. On the rushing category, Zamir White, 718 yards, 10 touchdowns on 135 touchdowns. Touchdowns. Son Haskins, you know, that's that's the big guy there for the running back for Michigan. Over 1,000 yards, 1,288, 20 touchdowns on the season. So doubling up a lot of what Zeus has got right there on 261 touches. Leading receiver, check this out for Georgia. He's also the better receiver in the category. 791 yards on 47 touches, 11 touchdowns. 11. If, if Georgia can win this game, connect with Brock Bowers a few times, get him some yards, get into a national championship with Georgia, could finally have and a 1,000-yard receiver uh, in a season. Now, it's going to take postseason as well, but that's kind of a fun thing, especially considering he's a tight end. So that, that looks forward to being a good thing moving forward. Again, he's at 791 right now. If he can get about 110 yards in this game, you know all of a sudden you only need 100 yards in a national championship game. If you can win against Michigan, again, I don't mean to get ahead of myself, but I'm just looking at some, some future possibilities, at least for some of these guys. Uh, but then you get over to... The Michigan receiving side, and you got Camelius Johnson. He's their leader there. 38 touches, 609 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, when we get down to the numbers, Georgia still almost averaging 40 points a game at 39.4, and Michigan just below it at 37.7. So pretty even there. Defensively, when you look at the points per game, Georgia only giving up nine and a half. You know, before that Alabama game, that number was way down to about a touchdown, uh, but now that's going up a little bit since giving up that much to Alabama. Nine and a half, still less than 10 points a game sent our michigan just above it 16.1 uh per game is what that defense is giving up total yards georgia just below michigan at 442.8 michigan at four forty one or 451.9 through the air georgia's getting the lead on that 247.9 on the through the air for michigan is 228 on the ground georgia just shy of 200 at 194.9 and then michigan just above it at 223.8 so georgia's getting the passing game uh but Michigan gets the run game. They're pretty balanced there. You know, you're talking about really five yards difference in the passing and the run game. So a pretty balanced attack there for the offense of Michigan, whereas Georgia right now, uh, oddly, I guess you'd say, with Stetson is a little bit more pass-heavy than we are run-heavy, even though you've got these great, again, I've said it all season, great stable of running backs there uh, for Georgia. But then yards allowed, Georgia leads this one over 60 yards in this category 253.9 is what Georgias allowing whereas Michigan's giving up 316.2 and then through the air Georgia only giving up 172.2 uh, Michigan 194.7 so giving up almost 200 Georgia just shy of 175 on the ground Georgia holding teams to 81.7 less than 82 yards a game whereas Michigan's giving up 121 and a half. So, Georgia should be able to run the ball somewhat effectively in this game and passing. You know, again, they're balanced defensively, they're balanced offensively. So, it's going to be an interesting attack. I'm kind of excited to see what Georgia can do in this one. Uh, especially, there's uh, the fun thing, too, in this one, there, there's not any comparisons. This isn't a game where you get to go in and you get to say, okay, Georgia is going to face off against Alabama in the first round and you get to make the comparisons. No, this is a game where Michigan has played a lot of different opponents, uh, a lot of different caliber opponents. Georgia has played a lot of different opponents, a lot of different caliber opponents, but two completely different spectrums. Michigan coming out of the Big Ten side, Georgia coming out of the SEC side. Michigan has taken care of business at times, and at other times they haven't. You know, we go back to that Ohio State game. They took care of business, 42-27, to 27, put Ohio State away. Iowa really took care of business, number 13 at the time, 42-3. to 3. Maryland taking care of business, 59-18, to 18, but then you get to Penn State. Squeaking by that one, 21-17. You know you start to get some of those closer games. Closer games, then losing to Michigan State. So, then you go to Georgia. Georgia, for the most part, all season consistently has beaten teams uh, until last until the last game they played in the SEC championship game, getting thumped by Alabama, 41-24. to But before that, uh, Tennessee, 41-17. to Missouri, 43-6. to So, taking care of SEC opponents. Uh, Georgia Tech, 45 nothing. I mean, if you want to make that a comparison, but not, not really. Uh, I will say one that I am going to make just because of the fact that BYU, number 13 team in the country, got beat by UAB. Uh, Georgia drummed UAB earlier in the season. So if you want to make somewhat of a comparison there of uh, how good Georgia is, maybe you do. Um, But, again, I've, I've started to get to where I really don't want to lean towards those comparisons just because the more that you compare teams, you start to realize that that really doesn't matter until those teams match up, really. Because if you did that before the SEC championship game, You made the comparison, just like I did, of the teams that Georgia played and that Alabama played and how those teams fared, and you saw that Georgia had the edge. You saw how consistently Georgia has played all season long. All season long, how great Georgia has done in the comparison to how Alabama has not very consistently beaten teams. You know, there are a couple of games where they did beat teams really good and then they're games that they really struggled with, even losing to Texas A&M earlier in the season. Um, So... Sometimes it's just hard to continue that trend of keeping those comparisons because sometimes it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you get in there in the ring against the opponent that, you're, uh, that you've are that got in front of you, and you should very, very much so outweigh that team, and you, in the end, don't. You just don't. You don't beat them like you think you should. In this situation, a lot of people, I'm sure, think, okay, Georgia should have the upper hand. Michigan, yeah, they're ranked second. Georgia ranked third. But Georgia's defense is better. Georgia offensively just has to get things figured out. Well, if you look back last week, and I hate just to look at the negatives, but that's what we've got to do here. Georgia's defense gave up 41 points to Alabama. Uh, and when you do that, your defense did not it up in that game. And, again, I kind of want to attribute some of that, not all of it, just a small percentage to the fact that Dan Lanning was headed out the door. Luckily, he is going to be back for this one, so I'm hoping that he's got his head wrapped in what Georgia wants to accomplish at the end of his career here at Georgia and at the end of this season here. I'm hoping he can wrap his mind fully in that before he takes his mind off of Georgia and gets fully fully concentrated on Oregon. That's my hope. It's my hope, and I think if he can do that, get this defense geared up for what they've got ahead of him, for the possibilities, for the... Incredible opportunity to be able to play for the college football playoff again, but also hopefully play for a national championship if you can win this first game. And Georgia has that very, very, very innate opportunity to be able to do that. So let's see if it happens. Let's see if it happens. Fingers crossed to it. I'm looking forward to it again. Offensively, the thing that I think Georgia has to do to win this game, I think offensively, you can't play like you did last week. You can't make the mistakes. You can't throw the pick six. You can't throw the interception. Third down, we have to move the ball on third down. We have to convert more thirds, third downs than we did last week. We'll be got three for 12 against, not last week, uh, last game, but like three for 12 against Alabama in the SEC championship game. Can't do that. Can't do that. 50% or better uh, is where I'd like to be on that and no mistakes. If you're doing that, then I think you can kind of be successful on offense. Because let's not forget, Stetson Bennett still threw for a lot of yards, kind of had to in the end uh, to be able to make up for the mistakes that he did. Um, so that's one thing, one thing. I still want to run the ball, still be consistent on both sides of the football. Aiden Hutchinson, Hutchinson excuse me, from Michigan, he's going to be a threat, just like Will Anderson was uh, for Alabama. So don't. that's something you got to keep in the back of your mind. Are you going to be able to run the ball? Can you run the ball directly at him and be successful? Uh, but then throwing the ball, can you pass protect enough for him to be able to throw the ball as well? Because we saw that Alabama's defense got after Stetson pretty good last week. Uh, Keep saying last week. You know what I mean? Last game. Um, you know, these week-to-week games, and then all of a sudden you get to where it's three-week gap. You know, it makes it a little difficult to keep up with it. But last game, you know, Georgia offensive line did a good job for the most part, but not a good enough job to be able to run the ball efficiently, but also to be able to protect Stetson long enough for him to be able to make good passes. And a couple of the times he just made bad passes. That's all there was to it. He did. he wasn't really pressured and just didn't make the best pass. So some of that is on him. He's got to get out of his own head, especially in teams that he's playing in Alabama where he just has maybe that mental stroke inside of his head where he's like, oh, this is a team that I just cannot get over. You know, that's that's got to go to the wayside. And the good thing is you don't have an A across from you. Michigan is who you're playing, not Alabama. So you get to take care of this. Offensively, again, that's it. Limit the mistakes through the quarterback. Let's move the ball consistently, consistently, and third downs. We got to be better. Got to be better. Better third down percentage uh, on offense would be really, really good. Defensively, what do we have to do? Let's get to the quarterback. We didn't do that against Alabama. Alabama, the game previous to play in Georgia was sacked seven times against Auburn. Georgia did not sack Alabama at all in the SEC championship game. So I want to see us get to the quarterback. I think if we can get to the quarterback and disrupt that pass game uh, for Michigan, we can be effective. Um, we're very good at stopping the run game, so that that's not necessarily going to be one of my keys to the game, but continue that trend of being uh, successful at stopping the run. But let's get to the quarterback. That's the first thing. Get to the quarterback. Get off the field on third down. That would be the opposite of the offensive side. Let's get off the ball, get off the field. You know, If we can hold Michigan to a three for 12, kind of like Alabama held Georgia, We can be pretty successful as far as that goes, but if you're going to be 50% and giving up 50%, it makes it a lot tougher. Not that you can't be in the game, but it just makes it a lot tougher if you're not getting off the field uh, on third down when you do. These these times that we blew coverages and made critical errors, it was third down. It was when we should have been getting off the field. Uh, And then so we've got those couple of things. And then in the secondary, in the secondary, Play better football. Let's be smarter. Let's be smarter. You should match up a lot better against Michigan in this game than you did against Alabama. So that's a, that's a plus side. So those those are a few things defensively I think that we've got to do is get to the quarterback, affect the quarterback, affect the pass game, uh, get off the field on third down, and in the secondary, just play better. Play better, but better football on the back end uh, to wherever wherever excuse me to where we're actually able. To keep up with these wide receivers, and I think again, you match up very well to be able to do that one. Matchup predictor has Georgia a 67.6% chance to win this one. Michigan measly 32.4. So everything leans the way of the dogs in this one, and that's kind of the way I hope it goes. My prediction on it, I need to go ahead and make it, I guess. Put it out there. I need to finish doing my little my little whatever, I can't even think of the name of it right now, animation that I usually do, the the photo I put up on Twitter every week of what the, my prediction will be. And it's kind of hard. It makes it a lot more difficult because of the SEC Championship game because before the SEC Championship game, I felt like I had been pretty close to some of them. I was feeling pretty good about it. Um, and then the SEC Championship game just threw me all off because Georgia played so consistently all day, or all year. And then all of a sudden they didn't. So now we're getting into a game where is Georgia going to play consistently like they have all season? Are we going to go back to playing like we are in the SEC championship game? Because oddly enough, I still think that if Georgia limits a couple of the mistakes they had in the SEC championship game, they may still not win it, but it's still a lot closer football game than it was. Still a lot closer. So it just kind of makes me curious. Was that the one flub Georgia had all season and got lucky and was able to get in the college football playoff anyway because they had played so consistently and so well throughout the entire season being the number one team in the country? Is that what we're looking at? Or are we looking at a team that's going to show up like they have all season? You know, I feel like that may have just been the one flub of the season, and I'm hoping it was. Lord, I'm hoping it was. So, I really think, you know, this could be – I don't know. I kind of like a 37-24. to 24. I, th- I think I like Georgia in this one. So, give me Georgia, 37, Michigan, 24. So, Georgia, hopefully – at the end of this one, my prediction Georgia wins at 37 to 24, moving on to the national championship. Um, and we will break, we're, we're going to look at some of the other games that have already happened and, and talk a little bit about the other college football playoff game that is going to matter if Georgia can take care of Michigan because it's who we're going to play. And that's kind of what we'll get, get to here. But dogs on top, 37 to 24 of Michigan is my prediction moving forward. And let's go ahead and just talk a little bit. Oh, I hit the wrong button on my. On my screen here, let's talk a little bit about uh, Georgia and the opportunity that they could have moving forward to play in the in the national championship and who they would be playing. Because the next game up, if you can beat them, it's either Alabama or it's Cincinnati. And I said this, I think it may have been my other show that I did on the SEC show, but it's if Alabama wants to win this or if, uh, if Georgia wants to play Alabama again, Alabama's got to beat Cincinnati. And what does it take there? What are the, what are the keys to that game? And it's – for Cincinnati, it's play – got to play your best football, the best football you've ever played. And really you have to hope that Alabama plays like it did against Florida, like it did against Texas A&M, like it did against Auburn, like it did against LSU. If it plays like it – even Arkansas, if it plays like it did in those games, Cincinnati playing a perfect game could win it. But I think that's what it's going to take. I think more than Cincinnati playing perfect, it's going to take Alabama not showing up like they did against Georgia. If, if Alabama shows up the way that they did against Georgia, I do not think Cincinnati stands a chance, even if they play perfect football. I really don't. I really don't. Just because I think that Alabama would be that much more dominant. It's kind of like a couple of years ago. I just wished Alabama could have played UCF or even Georgia to kind of show them, hey, you're not a national champion. Let me just put it in perspective for you how good you have to be to win this. Uh, not that I think Cincinnati is a bad team. Again, I think if Alabama does not show up to play ball like they have to, Cincinnati can come in this game and play and, and, and win it. But, again, I think Cincinnati is going to have to play perfect and kind of hope that Alabama is not playing as perfect uh, to, to stand a chance in this one just because uh, Alabama is just that much that much better. I really do think that. There's a reason they're the number one team in the country. There's a reason that they're not bumping Cincinnati back up into the higher rankings, you know, and there's a reason that Cincinnati has been right there on the outside looking in the past couple of years. Last year, right on the outside looking in, didn't make it. And Georgia, even even this, going back to last year, Georgia had a lot of players that decided not to play in the bowl game and still won the bowl game. Yes, it took the last second, and that did give a lot more credit to Cincinnati than it did Georgia, but understand, Georgia didn't have a lot of guys playing in that one. Georgia wasn't playing in that game like it meant a lot. Cincinnati was playing with like it meant everything. And Georgia still won that game, very understaffed. So I do want you to somewhat remember that because Cincinnati was doing all they could. And this could be another situation. Cincinnati's doing all they can. And unfortunately, running up against an opponent who is also gonna be doing everything they can because this isn't just a bowl game. This is a college football playoff semifinal game to get to the national championship. So this is gonna mean a lot, a lot more than just a bowl game that you get a little swag bag and you get to enjoy a little trip somewhere. Which last year you also didn't get to enjoy that, so that's something to look forward to here as well. But again, I think Cincinnati's got to play perfect. Alabama got to be got to be got to be playing good football. I say that got to be playing like they did against Tennessee or like they did against Georgia, and Alabama will pretty much take care of business if they show up like they did against some of those other opponents where it was much closer. This could be a fun game, fun game, and we luckily get to watch this one before we watch Georgia play and watch the the fireworks of the new year ring in for the 2022 season. But Let's look at some of the games that have already gone final around the country. If you guys care about it, might not care too much, but a couple of them. Middle Tennessee over Toledo, 31-24. to That happened back on December 17th. Coastal, barely slipping by. Northern Illinois, 47-41. UAB, this one matters a little bit. I think I talked about it earlier. UAB taking down 13. BYU, 31-28. to How cool is that? BYU, 10-3 and on the season. UAB, 9-4. and And I, I get it. I understand it could be the same thing I just talked about. Teams. Not really caring to be there, not really caring to be there, not really caring to play uh, because it's just a bowl game and they're looking forward to their futures. Could have a lot to do with it, but nonetheless, it means a lot for UAB. And to me, it means a little bit to Georgia just because of how bad Georgia beat UAB, a 9-14. Again, not, not as great opponents, but the things Georgia was able to do to that team and to see them win a bowl game, hey, means more to Georgia too. Then you get down to Louisiana, and Marshall, Louisiana, winning that one 36-21. Look at there, a 13-1 season uh, for Billy Napier, who's now down at Florida. That is credit to him because that was his team throughout the entire season. Then you get Western Kentucky, taking down Appalachia State. My goodness, killing them, 59-38. You yeah, Fresno State taking down UTEP 31-24. Liberty beating Eastern Michigan 56-20. Utah State over Oregon State, 24-13. Tulsa over Old Dominion, 30-17. San Diego State takes down UTSA, 38-24. That one was kind of cool because, you know, both of those teams were ranked low in the top 25 earlier in the season, both teams in the season, 12-2. and two. Good seasons for those guys out of, out of Texas, or UTSA at least out of Texas, and then San Diego State obviously out of California. Then you get Wyoming over Kent State, 52-38. to 38. Army beating Missouri 24 to 22. We talked about that one. I think that one may have been live when we were recording. No, that was when I did the SEC show, excuse me. Then Thursday, December 23rd, a couple of days ago. Miami of Ohio over North Texas 27 to 14. UCF taking down the gators. 29 to 17. And then Saturday, on Christmas, Georgia State beating Ball State. Merry Christmas to you, Georgia State, the in-house Georgia team, little brother, fifty-one to twenty over Ball State. Now the canceled games we talked about, Boston College and Eastern Carolina, who's supposed to be set to play on Monday. That one not happening. But you do have, looking forward, Western Michigan, Nevada. We're gonna talk about some of the big ones coming up here Tuesday. Houston and Auburn. That one will be a good one. Mississippi State, Texas Tech. Mike Leach meeting up with the old Texas Tech. That one could be interesting. UCLA, NC State. Could be a fun one, West Virginia, Minnesota. And then we get down to Wednesday just before the New Year's Bowl games. Here we go, SMU and Virginia, No, you know, that one's canceled. Clemson, Iowa State, that one might be a good one. Oregon, Oklahoma, that'll be a good one. And we get down to Thursday, North Carolina and South Carolina, a battle of six and sixes. Tennessee and Purdue, that one could turn out to be a good one as well. Pitt and Michigan State might be good as well, 12 versus 10. Wisconsin and Arizona State at 10.30. Then here we go down to that Friday slate, Wake Forest and Rutgers. Rutgers, again, taking over for Texas A&M in that Gator Bowl. Washington State, Miami, Central Michigan, and Boise State. Then we get to the college football playoff games: Cincinnati and my are Cincinnati and Alabama at three thirty on ESPN. Alabama, thirteen and a half point favorite over under on that was fifty eight. And then Georgia at seven thirty ESPN. Number three, the Dogs taking on number two, Michigan. And then we get down to the New Year's Six Bowls: Penn State and Arkansas playing. This is not one of those, but Penn. Oh yeah, it is actually. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Penn State and Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. Oklahoma State, Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. That one will be a good one. Iowa and Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl. Utah and Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. That will be a good one as well. And then the one I'm looking forward to most at 8.45 on ESPN is Baylor and Ole Miss facing off in the Sugar Bowl. Ole Miss, only a one-point favorite in that one. Should be pretty exciting. Then you get Tuesday, LSU and Kansas State rounding it out on January the 4th. Before we talk about – Monday, January 10th, 2022, 8 o'clock, ESPN, Lucas Oil Stadium, Indianapolis, Indiana. Indiana, sorry. The college football playoff national championship game presented by AT&T. Will it be Cincinnati? Will it be Alabama? Will it be Georgia? Will it be Michigan? Who's playing who? Who's playing who? We'll see. I might tweet it out later to see what you guys' prediction is on who you think is going to win what. Uh, but, again, I think the Dogs are going to be there. I think the Dogs take down Michigan 37-24. to 24. And I've got a feeling we're going to see the rematch of the SEC championship game. I kind of have my fingers crossed to see if that happens, uh, just because hopefully Georgia can kind of fix the issues that they had earlier on in the season, I guess you'd say, because it was three weeks ago. What feels like a week ago has been almost a month ago now in that SEC championship game to hopefully come in and figure those issues out to rematch it. But first, we got to take down Michigan. Again, I really appreciate you guys listening and being here with us. We'll look forward to it. Again, it's going to be probably the new year. It's probably going to be January 2nd before I come back to review this Orange Bowl college football playoff game. i uh, so you guys bear with me until I get back from that one. Again, that game's Friday anyway, so it shouldn't be that big. But, again, I appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you check it out on Twitter, at DogTalk20. Uh, also, check out the website, DogTalkPod.com, and I will check in with you guys after it's all over. Go, dogs.